Introducing Minor Wisdom Quintet. Man, has sort of always been a thing. Um, I got into it to start probably my freshman year of high school because up until then I didn't have a whole lot of friends. I was sort of the weirdo, smelly kid. Did you have any interest though before that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, you know, I did like I did like church musicals okay. and things like that. But this idea of like, why would I, why would I want to play? Like, why would I want to do anything other than a play? Right really kind of clicked right then and that it was I remember I went to this audition and uh, you know it was high school theater audition so I like read a side yeah. or whatever don't really remember even what I read who brought you into that like what, what oh uh, like a poster oh really okay. it was okay. you know I was starting to you know I was new at the you know I had friends because a poster yeah <laughs> nice <laughs> yeah not to be confused with the poser, who right. is who I became. Uh, no, I, so, yeah, like I was, there were a couple of people from my middle school who had made it to the high school. It was a fairly small, you know, group of people. And, you know, saw a poster for auditions and was like, all right, yeah. And so showed up. It was for Our Town. So I had like the oh. quintessential high school experience right out of the gate. I was yeah. living my growing pain's dreams. Yeah. And you then, learned about theater not only because the show is about theater yeah or you know has an element of yeah okay all right yeah 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 so um and it was funny too because i remember thinking when i got there like it was just showing up for the first day of rehearsal you know and i, I think i was i was side crowl so he's the one of the paper boys he's a paper boy in the second act yeah. whose brother died in the war um, spoiler alert yeah, yeah. sorry guys Sorry, Thornton. Um, and so, and I, you know, I had like six lines about having a limp or something. Yeah. I don't know. So I had to work on my limp, too, which was, you know, the height of acting for this right. 13, 14-year-old. Uh, but I remember showing up at the first rehearsal and just having this group, like, automatically. They were like, oh, you're in the play? You're all of our best friend now. Right. And it was immediate. And that, for me, was was sort of the, that was the, the hook for me, but then just getting, to the, there was always something new to do, right. you know, and I'm not sure, I get I guess that show probably wasn't the bite necessarily, but that was when, you know, I, I couldn't imagine not doing plays after that. But you were an athlete too, right? Uh, ooh, Basically. I kind of, okay. kind of okay. was. Okay, that's, um, that's my answer too. Yeah, I did not, you know, I did not make the soccer team my eighth grade year. Right. Sorry. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Uh, and then I tried out for the soccer team my freshman year. Auditioned. And, yeah, I auditioned for the soccer team. And I made the JV squad, but it was very clear that I was not going to play. Uh, and by the do you think it was a do you think it was a pity? Uh, a pity I, honestly, I think it may have been numbers. I think okay. he had like so many, you know. So he had they had you know our our, our what you call a team was. The varsity team was fine, right. you know. Uh, but I th yeah, it may have been just like he numbers. Did, like there was enough slots, yeah, and he, he was had like, to "Field a team." Yeah, we got enough kids. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. So, I, but I wasn't playing. So okay. it's like you should. It should be very clear you, that yeah. like I, I did, did the drills and stuff at the practices. <laughs> I did the bench when it was time to when it was time to you know to do scrimmage. It was like all right, you know, I had my little yeah. plaque on the yeah. bench. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so, but I remember this too because I got cast in the play, and the director. Um, 
goes and says, uh, you know, go talk to your coach. We will. He was like, I'll work with you. Like, right. You know, we'll figure out. You know, I understand you got a lot of stuff you're gonna do. And then I went to the soccer coach, uh, and he had like this whole monologue for me about how I needed to decide what was more important, and you know, uh, yeah, yeah. if I'm not gonna take it seriously, then what am I doing? And for me, at that point, I was like, well, okay, well, yeah, I'm gonna probably go do this play then. Right. So yeah, off here. I went, yeah. off I went, and that was sort of the end of my athletic career. You know, that kind of right. gave up before it got started. Um, yeah, and then it was just every every single play we did, I was a part of. Um, and you know, I almost almost didn't graduate from high school because I didn't really see a point in doing anything but the theater. So like there was oh, like oh so you oh you were one of those kids yeah so, like I'm gonna skip math class to go help yeah, out yeah yeah I mean I wasn't I don't I don't know if I ever actually skipped but I certainly right. like wasn't doing any homework. well but you would, yeah oh okay you, you know so you weren't one of those kids because I was this kid that said uh, teacher we're doing a show it opens next week and they need help painting yeah. uh, you know set piece or something we did a lot of that and so this is probably the issue we did a lot of that work after school okay okay so i would show up right after school was over and i would help build the set or you. you know whatever or show up for rehearsal and i'm getting home six seven o'clock okay. at night dinner so you didn't miss class you just didn't do the work Got exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly and you said then, that I should have listened. Yeah. <laughs> and then, well, no, and that was the other thing too. I just like, <laughs> I like, I was like, why would I do anything else? Right. This is it for me. Right. And so, you know, did that. Went to college, much the same. You know, right. I didn't quite learn my lesson there either. Uh, really, and it, I think in college was when I really started to discover that I, I liked okay. to do. Good. Yeah, thank you. Uh, when I discovered that I like to do everything. Right. You know, um, I, I got to. You know, in high school, you get to put your hands on stuff and like right. try a bunch of different things. But in my mind, I was still going to be an actor. Um, I was still going to be an actor, and then it was in college that I realized that like I could possibly, you know, if I had stuck with it and worked really hard, I could possibly right. have like made some strung together some summer stock stuff or whatever. But it was going to be. It was like it, was, it wasn't where my heart lived. Did you did you regret anything about high school about not? Doing the work, or were you like cool with? I made it, you know. I I graduated, yeah, you know. Yeah, okay, okay. I won. Yeah. I won some big deal Thank for you. if you were in high school in Columbus, Georgia, award for being an exemplary <laughs> high school student because because of theater. Did they have that book? So in Texas, for a while, I don't know if they still have it, but they have like there's a there's almost a Bible looking book that they used to print almost every year. And the only reason I know about it, not because I was in it, my wife was in it, uh -huh. and she still has the book. And it's oh, like, wait, wait, it's wait, something wait. like people to watch, or like, yeah. it, it's, it's, but it lists, I mean, it's got thousands of names in it. So I think that they did one of those, I got, it I, could be national. I got, I, a, I think it was yeah. a national. Okay, thing. okay. And I, I think I got the invitation, and my mom okay. was like, I'm not paying money to read Yeah, I didn't, again, I knew nothing about uh, it until <laughs> yeah. a decade after the book. So, yeah, so there was this award in high school that it was like, um, it's, uh, what is it? it's called Page One, and like the newspaper did it, and every high school in the city okay. sent like one representative for each area, and right. I like won. Right. Good job, me. Nice. Right. So, so I peaked, yeah. what I'm saying is I peaked at 17. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's been all down just, just longing, just longing for those glory days ever since. That's awesome. I had my name in the paper and everything, and it wasn't about an arrest. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, went off to college, did that, uh, got 
sort of discovered that performance probably wasn't my love uh, as much as the other stuff. So I was really leaning heavy into like design, t design yeah. work, tech work, production work. Um, got to direct some plays. But you the appreciate end. the performance. Oh, absolutely. So do you think that that is? So for you know, not to again, it's called minor wisdom for a reason. It's about mm -hmm. me, but. Uh, do you, I, for me, I felt the performance, if I had not done the performance side to start, mm -hmm. then I wouldn't be the designer and technician that I am now. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And so that was the biggest thing for me. And, uh, you know, I, I would consider myself at this point a generalist because, gotcha. yeah, yeah. because I, you know, I, I feel like I, I pushed myself in the direction of a career in just about every right. aspect, right. you know, I, you know, I say, I just said the stuff about not wanting to be a performer, but I graduated. I was a scene shop foreman at a university. I was teaching at a high school. I was teaching like one class, right. you know, showing up, teaching the one tech theater class and leaving. And then after that, I got kind of tired and I was on tour as an actor for a while with a, with a theater company and did that for a year or two. I'm trying to remember. Sleep um, on a bus? Not for them. For them, it was actually kind of a sweet gig. Uh, we were... Um, we were like an acting troupe that would chase around, um, not chase around, we were an acting troupe that was like part of this like... <laughs> chase around girls. Uh, that was hired, we were like a hired it's independent company. not an acting company. <laughs> No, that's, that's Thursday. That's just college. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we, um, but we, we were contracted to this company out of Missouri that was doing, uh, that was doing like big youth group conferences. Like a Branson? Missouri type thing? Like was it? Uh, no, they, no, they would travel. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, and so it was like okay, it was like okay. for like church youth groups. It was okay. like this big like, you know, yeah. And so that kid, that was probably like as close to being like celebrity status as I ever <laughs> sure. made it because like I would get on a plane on Wednesday, yeah. land somewhere, right. they'd walk and they'd hand us an envelope with our per diem in it. We'd yeah. go to the hotel until Thursday morning. Uh, we'd perform, we did two performances on Thursday, two performances on Friday, one performance on Saturday, and I got like on a... usually in a church? Like a, no, this, no, these were in like the, the town civic center, okay, so it's okay. like 8,000, you know, yeah, kids. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. fun. Anyways, I, was, I did that for... Oh, kids? For kids? Like, youth groups, so but teenagers. Still like, yeah. oh, okay, okay. Not sure for kids, man, it's... That's yeah. a whole different world. I've done that. No, yeah. no. I wasn't, yeah. <laughs> so, you got to get used to them not listening. Yeah. yeah. So we did this, you know, we had this whole thing, and that was, like, that was a pretty sweet gig. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I was, you know, I was bopping around. Well, per diem is always very, uh, it's it's such a pretty thing until... Until you're out of it, now you're start like, like it took <laughs> me a while realize, to realize, like, your okay, salary. you <laughs> have to be careful with what you're eating. Yeah. And on top of that, I was getting paid, so that was good. Yeah. And so I had, you know, I had... What three-ish days on the road? Right. Two days, three-ish days at home. It was good. Yeah. Um, and then that fell through. You know, the con the contract ended. Yeah. And then I was doing other stuff. I was like a production backstage manager right. for a while. I was a lighting tech for a while. You know, doing this and that. And I got after about two and a half years of that, I got tired of looking for the next gig. Sure. You know, I feel like yeah, I feel every, that. Yeah. every six weeks I was looking, I was, you know, calling, yeah. I was unemployed. So, and um, you have to see, so in my in my world, what I had to do, because I knew I was, uh, when I was with Straight No Chaser, I knew every fall and every spring I had a gig. Yeah. But it was my summers, I was like, eh, every, together, every yeah. weekend maybe I would go out. But like, there were times when I was eight, ten weeks without anything to do, and I was getting paid well, 
but I still needed income. Mm -hmm. And so you have to find those gigs, you have to find those jobs that you can tell somebody, either you lie to them and say, oh yeah, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here to stay. Yeah. Like, I am a lifer for you. <laughs> and then you put in your two weeks about, you know, six, eight weeks later. Some came or, up, can I or, say? Yeah, or you find a gig that is willing to kind of play with your schedule. But anyway. Sure. Yeah, yeah well, I, I ended up actually doing that yeah. where I found a, there was a, a bar that was letting me bartend. Oh. And they were, you know, because I was gone on the weekend. I would have loved to know that. Do you still, like, do stuff at home? Like, do you still, like... Do you like shake the thing? Oh like, yeah, yeah, man. There's, I like. I, I got. I've got a couple of cocktails that I still like to make. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I would. That's, um, that's one gig I wish I had actually done. And that one worked out pretty well because like I didn't have to compete for shifts because yeah. nobody wants to work Monday through Wednesday night at this particular bar. I got you. Um, you know, it made all its money on the weekends. Yeah. And so like that you was okay. easy for me. Yeah. I could show up. I, I didn't. I mean, I needed some income. I didn't need a lot. Right. More than anything else, I needed something to do. Right. To keep me from then just going to and also, it's, it's networking. I yeah, mean, you could sit exactly. and talk to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, doing a lot, you know, and 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 that was good too because I learned. It, it was like this high volume bar that turned. It, it tried to be classy in the afternoons. <laughs> yeah. And then it turned into basically just like a dance club at night. Ah, and so gotcha. it was like a real like turn and burn, like right. super fast. You right. know, there was like a million, not a million. There's like twelve or thirteen different specialized yeah. martinis that I had to know how to make, yeah. which was just different combinations of sugar. It sounds, yeah. There's a, there's a bar in Huntsville, people, mm -hmm. I think it's called Shenanigans, that is like that. That yeah. is uh, bar by day and like club by night. Yeah. yeah. So and it's always funny because you can tell the DJ shows up, he's a cool dude, and it was like, all right, and you can almost set your watch and all <laughs> yeah. you're like, all right, here we go. Um, yeah, you never lived until you've had to close that kind of place down at 10 on a Monday because yeah. it's just you and the DJ <laughs> with flashing lights. Um, so, did that. That was great. Um, and then decided, you know, and I was like, oh, I need something more stable. I know what I'll do. I'll go to grad school. Um, so I did that. I went to grad school for at Texas State for theater history, dramaturgy. Um, did that. Had some on and offs. After I graduated, I applied for PhDs, and while I was waiting to hear from that, I did some like freelance lighting work, some freelance, I think I did one dramaturg gig, things like that, okay. in Austin, so I was driving from San Marcos back and forth. Oh, and we then, were just talking about that. <laughs> I, that drive, is a, it's, it's a bummer drive, but I loved San Marcos, man. Well, yeah, 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 but again, in retrospect to Texas, it's not that far. But yeah, 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 exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. And so, um, bopping back and forth, and then I got into UGA, went and did that, and we had to, we were, we were going to talk about sports yeah. probably after I graduated. So I was a pretty quintessential, stereotypical theater kid right. in high school, after, especially after like the sort of experience that I had where right. I was like, well, it's us versus them, it's Sharks versus Jets, baby. <laughs> Um, what were you? And huh? jet, were you a jet? I was. I mean, look oh, at me. Yeah. When I'm a jet, you're a jet all the way. Uh, so I, I kind of turned myself off to sports yeah. for a good chunk of that time. Um, and it was after college when I was working scene shop for him, and my TD was a big sports guy, and got me into. Yeah, and got me into. Yeah, got me into hockey to start because he's up from. He was from. Up, up well, but I mean. As a Georgia guy, 
how long were the thrashers around? Uh, long enough that t-shirts are funny to see now. <laughs> like we, you know, we had the thrashers. So it wasn't a complete foreign. Uh, I mean, idea. oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I but like sort of really got into sports, and he was a Red Wings fan, which I later learned is but, basically yeah, see, like. But in yeah. a Red, sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but a Red Wings fan or like a Bruins fan or. They would argue this, there's no place for hockey in the South. Yeah. yeah. And yet, here we are with the Dallas Stars having right. won last yeah. year. Yeah. Like, yeah. I see Tampa Bay in it every year. It's almost as if these players are mercenaries and they don't, like, stick to their region. I'm surprised that, yeah, I'm surprised it's not a bunch of Floridians playing for the Lightning. I <laughs> am not surprised. Um, I remember because we, we had a minor league hockey team yeah, in Columbus, too. Georgia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Columbus Cottonmouths. Yes. And, and they were the good. Houston Arrows played them. Yeah, well, they, they weren't good enough because the Arrows won quite a few IHL championships. Well, there you go, there you go. But we we were good enough that it was like embarrassing because we had star players, and that was another thing where you like learn later. You're like, oh, if you have a star player in the minor leagues, that's yeah. because they're good enough to not make it to the majors. Right. And anyway, so we had all these Canadian dudes, which was great. Yeah. Um, anyway, so got me into hockey, and then from there it sort of grew. And I kind of rekindled a, right. a love of sports, and that was probably when I started to really connect my sports and more sports and sports films, because like I realized that that's one of my favorite things right. is like sports mythology, like movies about triumphs or agonies of defeat right. or whatever. Like I just eat it up, you know. Right. And so, sort of rekindled that. I've always sort of been a Georgia fan. That was part of why I applied there, right. you know. So did that, and then. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, I got my Ph.D., taught in Savannah for a while, taught in New York for a while. Which, by the way, Savannah, one of the coolest places in the States. Oh, yeah, I love it. Great. I love it. Uh, we'll get food in a little bit, I think. I might. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if we'll he see. is. I'll probably get a snack. I don't really care if he does. Yeah. What time is it in? Oh. Yeah, yeah we're good. Thanks. Um, yeah, Savannah, beautiful. Uh, lived there for two years, was teaching theater at Armstrong University, Armstrong State University. Uh, I, I do have a lot of people that listen from Armstrong State, so... Really? No. <laughs> well, I was going to be really surprised because what the next part what is, of the story... What is the Armstrong State mascot? Uh, they were the Pirates. Of course they are. Um, yeah. But here's the issue. They're not Pirates anymore because while I was there, and I was sort of waiting for there to be an opening for a full-time faculty, I was right. adjunct. I was living that life. Um, it was a merger, like the, the Georgia Board of Education Got it. decided to merge Georgia Southern and Armstrong. So we became, we went from being Armstrong State University to Georgia Southern University at Armstrong. Semicolon Armstrong Campus. Right, right. And the reason I did the semicolon was very important is because I was doing our poster design and I had a Back long to the posters. meeting. Yeah. yeah, I had a long meeting with my. Uh, with our person, and it was like this whole thing where we had to like learn the new style guide. Yeah. Like, this is what we say. We never say GSU. We never do this. You know. Da, there's da, 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 da. a there's a certain organization in the state of Texas that runs uh, a theater uh, group uh -huh. I, that shall remain nameless. That is also very uh, specific about how you put their name on things. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I always like to say now is that like, Georgia Southern University semicolon. semicolon. <laughs> Uh, was that part of the meeting? You have to say it. You don't just write it. You no, say yeah, it. yeah. They were, you know, and they, there's there's ears everywhere. You know, I, I don't I don't assume that I'm free. Um, anyway, that was great. But with that, there was a hiring freeze. It was clear right. there was going to be layoffs. I was kind of reading the writing on the wall is why I like scooted on. Um, 
to this day, like I'm, man, I'm. Those faculty members were great. The students were great. The camp, like we were not the the biggest show in town this, because this was post PhD or this is during PhD. Uh, yes and okay, yes and so during um, your right while I was your, writing my dissertation, I finished my dissertation while I was there. Gotcha. Um, and you know, we were like the second biggest educational institution in town behind right. SCAD, which is Savannah College right. of Art Design. And I loved it. It made me feel like, you know, it's like I, I would always rather be the Mighty Ducks than the Hogs. And so <laughs> I loved that. You know, I loved having this, this uh, I loved having like a little, you know, a little like underdoggy feeling. Right. Um, yeah, and so my dissertation, though, was on yeah. uh, sports and theater. Uh, and basically what I was doing was, it was really more performance studies than like theater studies. Which is to say, I was looking much more at uh, sort of performance in the broad anthropological sense, right. rather than in um, rather than like on stage kind is of. Is that stuff. something you knew you wanted to write about, or is that where you coached to kind of figure that out? So I showed up, and um, this is a word to the wise for anybody that thinks that they are gonna that thinks they want to get a PhD. My first advice is don't do it in theater. Um, and my second bit of advice is like whatever you think that your research topic is going to yeah. be, like you're going to do more research and you're gonna you're gonna find a different interest. Right. You may or may not change, but but you might shift. Yeah. So when I started, I thought that I was going to be doing a pedagogical thing about uh, about dramaturging non-narrative playwrights. So. Okay. I wanted to do this, I wanted to do basically like figuring out, like coming up with some kind of system for being a dramaturg for like performance artists. Sure. Rather than, you know, because it's easy, you know, it's not easy, but it's fairly standard at this point to like learn how to teach somebody story structure. Right. But what if what they're performing doesn't have a story? Like right. How do we talk to them? And that was fine, and I was reading a lot of really crazy stuff, really expanding what I was thinking about theater and what it takes to make theater. And... Um, and then we got to talking one day with my mentor professor. Uh, he, you know, we were talking, and I, I was mentioning there was it was a basketball game, and I'm not gonna. And this is terrible. I should remember it, but it was the it was a player who dislocated his shoulder, and then like came back and like hit the game winning shot or whatever. I mean, there's probably quite a. And I remember, <laughs> and I remember, I remember yeah. that, and I Robert Ory. Yeah, well, sure, yeah. sure. Um, so uh, I think it was more recent than that. Um, but I remember thinking like that that part of the performance and the way that they sensationalized it. I was like, so yeah, he's obviously hurt. I was like, but from my own experience, you know, I've dislocated my shoulder before. Have you? Yeah, oh. several times yeah. actually. Um, but. You know, and it hurts, and putting it back in, it's tender, but like, if I needed to shoot a basket. Daryl Morso? No, that's. Are you looking recent. it up? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, it would have been roughly around 2013. Okay, okay. And it was either that or it was the, the Matt Stafford play. Oh, I, I know the Matt Stafford play. Okay, uh, okay. When they were playing the Browns, I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, it might have been that one, where he takes that ridiculous hit and they yeah. have to call the timeout. Goes back in and he's yeah. obviously concussed and he scores the touchdown. Um, Enos Cantor. That's you want to do him? That's yeah. it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Enos Cantor. Yeah. And so, but anyway, so so this idea of performing the performance of hurt or of effort and yeah. where is that? And then that he was like, okay, so that's an interesting idea. 
and that wasn't quite what you know what we were talking about. You know, there's somebody writing their dissertation about that right now. So like, <laughs> let me say it wasn't that it wasn't enough, but like I wasn't headed in the right direction. Right. And um, and so instead, we started then also talking about like gender and like performativity in that sense. Right. And I had just read Judith Butler for the first time, and I was right. all fired up about like that kind of stuff. And I saw I, I don't know I saw like this idea of looking at sports as a proof of masculinity you know I think okay. about the um, you know it's, it's like a the cliche picture of like a bunch of old dudes at a bar like talking about like the one thing that they did sports wise and yeah. that's what gives them credit or yeah. whatever or like, oh, it's like uh, well I don't mean to bring up Bill Cosby but Every time we talked, to, every time, like in Cosby, uh, in the Cosby Show, he always talked about, or no, it wasn't Cosby, it was uh, Married with Children. Yeah. Yeah, he always Bundy. Talked, Yeah, he always talked about, what, four touchdowns or five four touchdowns? Four touchdowns, five touchdowns. Yeah. I think about uh, yeah. Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite yeah. and that kind of like <laughs> yeah. tragic, like, just yeah. put me in. Yeah. Right. You know, how far right. do you think I can throw that ball? <laughs> and so, but, you know, and so that's like a comical version of it or a comical version of like, you know, undealt with trauma, but right. like, he... But that was what I started to look at, and it's like, how did we decide that this is what makes um, defines it, defines yeah. a masculine yeah. thing? And then it's it's it just came more, it became it just kind of grew and grew because, and then it became so obvious to me. So I was like, oh, okay, well, da, 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 da. and then I started to look at the history of baseball and football, and they were invented really close to the same time. Yes. Um, and both of the and the reasons for both basketball were, was late. Basketball came along a little yeah, later. Great, um, yeah. And uh, and the, but the reason that they were both invented was because there was this quote unquote crisis of masculinity among middle class men, middle class white men, uh, just after they had they oh hang on 1890s 92 I think was there was an essay called the death of the frontier which was basically this. Essay that was saying like there's nothing else right. to explore. Was, uh, uh, 1892 was also a uh, uh, what is it called? The Technology Summit. Not the. It's not the. Uh, why can't I think right now? Because it was 92 and 96. They World's had Fair? Uh, a World's Fair. Mm -hmm. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Uh, but it was 92 was one of those big years that they had. I want to say it was like the radio. It was like the first mm -hmm. radio or something yeah. like that. That was anyway. so. Yeah. So with that though, because there's no more, there's no more homesteading. Yeah. We've had our industrial revolution. That was, by the way, that was it for my contribution <laughs> to. <laughs> so yeah, and so and well, and then so they do that, and then basically like families are moving from the homestead into cities, and men are specifically men but women too like men are starting to not own their business they're, they're, they're going to work in a factory they're sure. going to work yeah. like for something else yeah. and so with that we, we aren't owning anything we're not conquering anything and on top of that god forbid my son is going to school and there's a woman teaching him right so then there's this like right. fear and, there, and there's this like fear of like feminization of our, of our boys yeah. Yeah. And that's really kind of where baseball sort of came from. It was this idea of like being a pastoral, like you would right. go, you had to go outside of the city. It was just for guys. You get out there, you get some fresh air. Yeah. And um, and that was the sort of the basis of it. And really, like football, in a much similar way, started with the Ivy Leagues, and right. and they they were you know a bunch of bankers' sons that were reading about all these frontier things, and were like, yeah. we're going to prove ourselves, you know. And so that. 
was sort of where it was built from. And then what I did from a theater standpoint was looking at plays and films about baseball and football that reinforced this idea. you focus on baseball and football? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I focused on baseball and football because they were uh, developed in the United States right, right. sort of independently right. and remain sort of... The only reason I say that is because, and I don't know the answer to this, mm-hmm. I'm sure Billy Jergu does because he's like the historian of all the stories, but, uh, uh, you know, Scotland has golf, right? <laughs> I would love to know why that was created as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're, they're all, the, you know, I've seen, I, th- I want to say it was like Robin Williams or somebody or maybe Conan O'Brien or mm-hmm. one of those kind of like over-the-top comedians that talks about like, I think it was Robin Williams, had a whole sketch about so you want me to you want me to hit a ball, mm-hmm. three hundred yards, mm-hmm. and you want me to make it into this small hole? You know, like like he has this whole bit about that. But I would love to know the the origin of that as well. If it's because I feel like it's that same, it's got that same uh, type of machismo a little bit. You know, there's a bit of machismo certainly, and I, I would certainly say the pastoral is a big a- yeah. element of it. It's like yeah. we're gonna you know we're gentlemen, we're gonna get out here. Right. We're gonna have conversations. We're gonna walk. We're gonna walk our land that right. we own. But, you know. So then, I, I mean, maybe you don't know the answer. I don't know if you know the answer. That's why I'm asking the question. But uh, there's a clear difference between baseball and football. So hmm. why why did baseball was first, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think so. And I then, think officially. Yeah. yeah, and then and then and then football. Uh, Yes, it was Ivy League, but it was it was monsters. Like it was like it was like let's hit each other. You oh, know? it was a brawl. Yeah, yeah, it started and, out and, as like a fist. Whereas baseball is like sophisticated mm-hmm. and and like you know. So maybe maybe less sophisticated than you're thinking, but you're getting you're getting but to it's, where it's not it's not it's not a contact sport. Sure. Yeah. Sure. You're getting to a a delineation that I that I drew in my yeah in my paper in my essay. Uh, which was that they that baseball and football represented sort of two paradigms. Sure. Okay. So that's what it was. And it was, so I called but, it. But the the irony, sorry to cut you yeah, off. Go ahead, go ahead. The funny part is that football. I don't know. I, I mean, again, you know the answer most likely. It didn't necessarily start in the Ivy Leagues, but the oh, Ivy it did. League, but oh, so it did. Yeah. So then that's the funny part is like, you think of Ivy Leagues as these people that. Aren't brutal and sure. aren't you know they're they're there to learn math and science and solve the world's problems and no they they also want to hit the shit out of each other. Well, so that yeah, and so that's that's an interesting. So there's there's kind of two things at play here. So Walter Camp is sort of the guy yeah. credited um, from oh. Yale. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a great biography of him. Okay, um, I might. I mean. uh, and. But, but really, so this is my favorite little tidbit about football, was they were trying to play rugby. Ah. So they, they had a rule book. Stupid American. Yeah, well, no, here's the thing. They had a rule book, <laughs> yeah. and, but, like, the rule book didn't explain any of the terms. Ah. So that, like, a, a, a hike, and it had, like, a brief description or a touchdown. And they were like, I think that this is what it means. Got it. And so they basically made, they used sort of guideposts of rugby to sort of create football as they read this. Is that why the goalposts were set initially? You know, in rugby, the goalposts, I don't yeah. know what they call them in rugby, but probably the posts, posts yeah. are still set forward. Yeah. They're not set 
you know, upstage. Sure. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they had the downstage posts. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. and then the other thing was the, yeah, so, so, and it was this idea that by the time, by the time they were trying to play rugby in, um, by the time they were trying to play rugby in the United States, like it was our, it had already been a thing for like, sure. Probably, yeah. uh, I'm not going to hazard a guess. Yeah. It's already been a thing for like 4,000 yeah, years. Rugby had been around for a long time. And, uh, and so the, the rule book itself like took a lot of understood knowledge for granted. Got it. And because they didn't have that, like they sort of had to make it up themselves. And then it was like, well, there's not a rule. And then it, the whole development they started of filling football, in some of the yeah, there, there's yeah. not a rule against this, so we can do it. Yeah. Um, the original rule book for football that they wrote, like that the Ivies wrote, um, had something like 42 rules in it. Um, when I wrote my dissertation, I know it's more now, I should know the answer. So yeah. as of 2015, 2016, when I did yeah. this research, it had 512. No, five, 512 is different. It had 511, I remember it was okay. close. So, and what was happening was, rather than like figuring out the game, they would just change the rule. They'd add a rule, add a rule, add a rule. Sounds like kids. It's like Calvin Ball over the course of 100 years. (laughs) Sounds like Um, my daughter's playing a game. Like, no, 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 that's not how you do this. Well, and so, and (laughs) what it was, was the people in charge had an idea of how they wanted the game to be played. Right. So every time somebody did something a little different, they would just make a rule and make that illegal for the next year because they could. Were referees always a thing? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Right? So, was, um, like, was there always somebody on the field to tell you you've messed up? Uh, think about it in terms of, like, for a while, it was basically a club sport. Okay. So there might be a volunteer that's, like, trying to be an outside party. But but as far as, like, professional that referees dad didn't come just... around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the most dad of them all with his socks and his sandals, you know. Yeah. He's, he's out there. And everybody just knows. No, um, and everybody just knows. Right. Um, but yeah, so so and then they would continue to change the rules. And Walter Camp, you know, this uh, like I'm not mad at him for this, especially because I didn't have to deal with it. But right. he represented Yale. He coached Yale, and he was also on the rules committee. So he shaped the rules, or used his influence to help shape the rules so that his team would do well. Yeah. You know, and so there's all of these these stories about how players would, you know, Carlisle is a really good example because that was this Native American prep school. Um, and they would do they would do all sorts of stuff that wasn't against the rules, and then the next season it would be. It would, and they yeah, would like yeah. not let them develop their own style. So of what you're trying to say is that football was the precursor to UIL one act play. <laughs> I mean, you're not and one, wrong. One act play, you know, has been around for shoot hundred years. I yeah, mean, it's, you're not wrong so because it's it's, it's <laughs> much along the same lines where. Probably at least at the very beginning, the right. people making the rules are the people participating. Yeah. You know, and that's how you end up with arbitrary rules. Right. Like you know. Well, and you and and and, and the, one of the things I've learned throughout this hundred and twenty plus interview process of this podcast is that there are quite a few directors that have a rule because they did. X. They did mm-hmm. something. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. You know, there's a rule in the rule book now. It's not named after the director, sure. but it's the it's the Jeffrey Douglas rule yeah. because in in the show last year uh-huh. he painted everything red, and now we can't paint everything red. I you would know, formally like, like to yeah. have my rule be that we're now allowed to have bicycles on stage. Well, That's... you well so. <laughs> 
your Eurydice can have you can have a bicycle for Eurydice. Because right, because the child devil whatever. The yeah, no, is. I want to use him like. In a every lot. Show. Yeah, just yeah. kind of like like a, was it a, a, a Starlight Express, but with bicycles. Yes, or roller skates, yeah. whatever. You know, <laughs> I also want to be able to put my set in the audience. Uh, well, you can't put this. Well, can you? There, there are there. This is you, me not knowing you, UIL yeah, as well as can, I should. So the, the only thing I've ever seen as a contest manager mm -hmm. is you can't put the necessarily the set in the audience, mm -hmm. but if like you wanted a light special that was in the pit or like in the front part of the house or something, good. Can I have yeah. another uh, and and another menu to see what the food is because he took it anyway. It's all right. No, no, no. It's fine. I know it's like cheese fries and something. Anyway, but the, I've seen lots of people put scenery in the sort of negative space, if you will, mm -hmm. in order to put a light or put something that an actor references. Or, mm -hmm. I've, I've seen that. So. Yeah. Well, and it's so funny, too, because, like, for our most recent play... Actually, I'll do this. You know, we did... Uh, for the most recent play, we were doing this thing where I wanted... We wanted these statues because in the play there was a mention of statues, but they also like anyway. I made these. You wanted statues on bicycles? No, no. Oh, okay. I wanted statues that glided though, oh, that you didn't have to pick up. Like I wanted them to move. Yeah, you us. can't do that. Huh? Yeah, well, actually, we did, right? So. But like on furniture glides, not on casters. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not yeah, on yeah. casters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We made these like super soft. Uh, we called them teddy bears because they oh. looked like teddy bears. This is, is this why Katie quit? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, she was on board. She was she, like, I don't know. She's she, like, I don't gotta know. Get I don't know. Before, gotta get out before. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And then one, and we finally got it to work, and we slid it. And she was like, Okay, that looks really cool. And I was like, Yes. Yeah. All right. Good, because we have two weeks until contest, and I don't have time to come up with another idea. <laughs> Um, but we ended up with these like abstract trees so that they could be a certain height because statues can't be taller than this, but yeah, trees can right, be. Right. So we had to call them trees. And then I had a ground row that had to be, sorry, it wasn't a ground row, it had to be shrubs. And and it's like, we literally wrote on the back of the things like shrubs, you know, flower box, right. you know, so that there could be no question. And it's like, I don't know. You know, I part of me feels like we, nobody should get any scenery. It's either I, either you should be able to uh, do whatever you want, or you should only get the you're, UIL you're stuff. Not, and that's you're it. not alone in that mm -hmm. in that feeling. There yeah. there are quite a few people that feel like either either you allow me. It's much fuller than the previous felt. one. Uh, either you allow me to do everything, or you tell me, or you tell everybody not to do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a common mm -hmm. common thread. Because I mean. And I, you know what everybody tells me is that it's it's money, right? It's like there's yeah. some schools that have money and some schools that don't. And like, if I have, it's well, you know, it's another connection to sports, you know. Like, yeah. University of Texas has just as many scholarship spots as University of Louisiana Monroe, but like, yeah, you know, but but there's more money, you right. know, and, and and we're not, you're not gonna, you know, having rules about. Spending for scholarship and things like that is not going to prevent. Not for us. Uh, yeah, it's not going to prevent the school with money from from right. using it to its advantage. Yeah. The so okay. So then, 
I mean, this isn't really what you wrote your dissertation because you, you, I mean, you're a, you're a movie guy. Let me go with the As movie well. side because yeah, sure. I don't I don't want to piss anybody off with what I was about to ask. No, ask the thing about plays. Let's do it. Uh, well, I was going to ask about like in your in your research, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the Astros are on highlights right now. This is yesterday, but it's still, yeah, I know, I know, I know, but I, you know, it's, uh, the, ride or die. see right there, it says on a wild night, so I ended up, uh, but the, right, yeah, ride or die, ride or die, I don't care if they lost, me. Oh, see, right there, oh, come on, um, for a small guy, like, we have small guys that, that smack the ball, but anyway, uh, eventually I'll ask why you're an Astros fan, um, but, uh, Oh my gosh! Oh, that is. Hey, the good thing about Correa making that error, uh-huh. it doesn't look good for trade value. <laughs> yeah. Keep doing that, buddy. So like, maybe maybe I'll stay on the team. Uh, yeah, keep him, uh, keep him under three hundred <laughs> batting average. Yeah, like clean two ninety nine. But uh, so the the, the 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 whole money thing. The money mm. thing is a huge. That's that's such a massive debate. And it's not just with one act play, but like uh, with all the major cities, with uh, Austin, and I forget what they call it now. It's not the Gatsmas, but there's a name tied to it. Uh, Dallas Summer Musical. Here it's the Tommy Tunes. There's a whole lot of. I've well, heard a lot about the Tommy Tunes. I've yet to experience. So the, I mean, it's just it's just pretty much a, a, a Tony Awards sure. type thing where judges come out, and I use judges very loosely because they're not all professional theater people some of them like we had a judge one time nicest guy in the world but all his background is is in lighting so what well, is he looking I don't at? want like bro like we, and, and surprising we got nominated for lighting because that's also my background so yeah. like so but we got very few <laughs> we didn't get any other nominations I think yeah. we I think we got a few tech nominations but, sure. but my point is is that's not a good judge, right? And, you know, when you want somebody that's kind of got got a little bit of knowledge of everything. We had a nap. Yeah. And, well, a, and another happy hour menu, if you don't mind, because ours was snatched. Uh, but, like, the money thing... Thank you. Is this both? Just kidding. <laughs> uh, but the, the money thing is, like, such a, a sensitive subject because how, how do you... How do you separate those rich, wealthy schools from... You can't tell a rich, wealthy school, hey, don't produce this show better than others because, like, you're, you're not going to go with the lowest common denominator. You want to go with, you know, you just want to, like, maybe do separations like you would 1A, 2A, 3A, 4 you know, that kind of thing. But with the money side, but you have 6A schools that make a ton of money, and then you have 6A schools that are Title One. Sure. So, uh... I don't know, man. Like, I mean, it's just like a huge debate with, there's well, no know, real good answer. It's priorities, too, you know, so along that same debate, you know, you, you do the 6A, 5A, 4A, what, what is Carnegie Mellon? Carnegie Mellon? What's that? Yeah, what Carnegie is, Vanguard. Vanguard, sorry. What Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon's Vanguard? the... The university. The, yeah. They uh, also have plenty of money. They have money, money. yeah. No, Car- Vanguard is a 6A, but they're... Are six, they a yeah, 6A? They're, well, they're not oh, 6A. I know they compete 6A, yeah, but they're, they're not, not. They're not. Oh, yeah. they're, I mean, that school's 800. So this is so this is my like point. That. Like, So they're able to compete well, you yeah. know? Love you, Stuart. Yeah. Like, they're able to compete well because there is... Because there's the support, because there's the the emphasis on it 
You yeah, know? right. And if you put emphasis on it, you know, that's the same way that like a school... Oh man, hang on, here comes another sports reference. Uh, so... Vanderbilt is much smaller than University of Georgia, sure. and they don't win it for nearly as much. Huh? They, they do, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The Parthenon. Um, they're also, I think, I think they're the only private school yeah. in the SEC. Uh, so they can they can throw money if they want, and sometimes they do, and they do well right. with a smaller student body. You know, you know, like for every terrible year, you know, they they had the Jake Cutley years, they had the, right. the James Franklin years. So it just depends on where you put it. And I've read, you know, I've. I've read a lot. Like, if the Ivy Leagues ever decided that they wanted to be good at football again, they, yeah, they, they would be. Yeah, yeah. Because right. they don't play by anybody like play by anybody's rules but right. their own. Right. Like, they could just say, uh, "Okay, we're gonna throw, we're gonna, we, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna take this ten million dollar endowment." Yeah. And, like it, like nothing. My cousin was a starting quarterback for Princeton, but anyway, that's I, amazing. I guess, yeah, so awesome. yeah, well, awesome. and so that's. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, like it, yeah. and so it's it's about priorities more than anything else, which is also how you end up with a school uh, like Kentucky, who famously had what football coach before he became famous? Uh, the, uh, the, 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 they had uh, uh, Bill uh, Bear Bryant. Bill, oh, oh, he was I a, he was oh, he was turning he was turning oh, Kentucky. I didn't think Bill Belichick was there. Or no, no, well, he might have been. I don't, uh, anyway, uh, I don't think he was. Uh, so Bear Bryant was at Kentucky and was turning things around. Like he, like they were winning. And the, they had Lorenzen, right? The big old quarterback. The big like. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah anyway, most recently. All right, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a, he's a huge <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. He, so, he likes fried food. Yeah. yeah. Who yeah. doesn't? Um, so, you know, but then he gets he gets run out because the basketball coach had the ear of the AD because he'd been there longer. And next thing you know, he goes off to Alabama and does what he does. You know? Yeah. I heard he did some things. Uh, interesting. Yeah, I'm looking up. Uh, he's got a play written about him here, right? He does. Yeah, Bear Bryant. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, Mark Stoops is current. I didn't realize Mark Stoops was the coach of Kentucky. Kentucky had a pretty good season not too long ago, but anyway, that's uh, they did. That's yeah. not what this podcast. And Stoops is, is going to be the coach of Kentucky for a long time because he has maybe the best deal in football. What What is that? Um, he, what is it? I'm gonna I'm gonna get the numbers wrong. Um, Hold on, I might be able to find it. Kentucky is a basketball. Their first school. season was eighty-one, <laughs> yeah. like eighteen eighty-one. Yeah. Uh, so Kentucky is a basketball school now, so he's not expected to like play for conference championships or right. anything. So oh, whenever yeah. he wins, I think six or seven games, he gets a industry approximate raise and a two-year contract extension. So wow, this. So all I mean, he has to do is win six games. Wow. So the modern University of Kentucky was referred to as Kentucky State College, and nearby Transylvania University was known as Kentucky University. <laughs> wow. Who so, knew? Who and knew? I, I just, well, I, you yeah, and all I mean to say with all that is just that, like, you know, it's about money, but you can spend a lot of money and do not much with it. Cough, Longhorns, cough. Or you can, um, yeah, or you can, or you can like be. Or you know that that both are both are true, right? You know, I got that. Alabama throws so much money at the football program. So that goes along with um, the idea that 
like I take I take a lot of pride in my well they're no longer going to be called fall shows where I'm going uh, uh, but I take a lot of pride in my string plays oh yeah and, and I, I, I always I always I think I put more effort into it whether it be uh, whether it be a conscious decision or not because I feel like that's for my community sure. and uh, even though I'm no longer going to be competing in one act play we you know I'm still going to feel that way you know because I, I know that I know the people that are watching those shows yeah like literally and figuratively I know who is watching the show uh, so I like to I want to make them happy because I feel like that, that to me campus success creates more longevity than one act play success in high school theater okay yeah uh, one act play success to me creates more intrigue from schools that don't have it meaning what I mean by that is if I succeed at school A, the school B and C that haven't had so much success and need that recognition are going to come seek, or, or, or I'm going to be more sought after by them. Sure. Whereas the fall show, musicals, you know, like, you know, Amy Jordan, love Amy, she's very good at creating on-campus shows. Yeah. She doesn't have a lot of really positive history in one act play. Now, she's sought after for different reasons, but there's a reason she was at Denison for so long, because she wanted to work on the community. She right. wanted to build her community. That's me. I mean, that's more along my, you know, the lines of like, I, you know, I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather please the people that I'm going to see at the grocery store, yeah. uh, than I would, you know, who, who live 100 miles away because I'm competing at San Jacinto Junior College. You know, it's a, it's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole, it's a whole thing, and it's, you know, it's, it gives, it's art in general. Capital A art is subjective. Yeah. You know, it is it is based on the audience determines its value. You know, we pay however millions of dollars for a painting because we have decided that it, we as a society have decided it's worth that. Yeah. Um, we, it, along those same lines, like theater is much the same way, where it's it's very much subjective. Yeah. But um, you have a lot of trouble. Mon you have a lot of trouble like turning that into a number, right? Right, and so along the same lines, like you can tell me. Uh, so you you say like I do my my fall plays, my straight plays. I do that for my community, and that's what I want. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great. And you also say that success in one act makes me more sought after. Yeah, and that is exactly what coaches do. You but know? do you do you? Do you I want you to think about this okay. before. Yeah, actually, I might order something. Yeah. Um, can I do? Uh, I want a pizza. Uh, the, one of the deep dish pizzas. I don't know which one I want. I want meat on it. That's good. That's good. I want to do that. Yeah, yeah. Can I have the uh, avocado egg rolls? And I'll do another whenever. Yeah. No rush. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I'm gonna leave that in. I don't care. Um, so, the, so okay. Is one act play as less or more subjective than sports? 
And subjective? The, it's, yes, subjective. Because here's the reason I say this. Now, when you score a point, you score a point. That is cut and dry. But in baseball, the umpire controls a lot of that game. Sure. The home plate umpire, shall sure. I say. And, and some would argue the first base umpire controls a lot, too. In basketball, the referees control a hell of a lot of that game. And in football. Because you would, you'll hear every lineman say... Whether they are yeah, there's holding on whether yeah, whether they are uh, uh, a pee wee league or a, an NFL player, there's holding on every play. It's a matter of did you get caught, you know, did you make it look good? Thank you. Um, so does it become you know, and you see like guys like Aaron Rodgers, you see guys like A Rod, you see guys like even James Harden go up to the referees and they schmooze and they, you know, they play that little like. Come on, man. You know, like LeBron does it all the time. He gets heat for it. So it turns into this. I like you. All right. All right. You know, maybe I'll maybe I'll throw you a bone and I won't. Yeah. So in theater, with one act play specifically, because it's competitive, you have a, an adjudicator that really likes your show, or they really hate your show. But for one reason or another, they go one side or the next, or they call an audible, or they they, they think that maybe that was a little outside the zone, so they're going to let you pass. You know that like that kind of. I know that's an analogy, uh, you know, kind of an analogy, but but uh, are they? I don't know. I, I'm just. It's kind of starting to manifest itself in my own brain, like. I'm fired up to go to Georgia and write this, uh, just debunk your entire... <laughs> Do it. Um, I think that, so, what I, you know, I had to sort of come up with what my definition of a sport was as part of, like, what I was okay. writing. And so, where I came down on it was, in order for something to be a sport, it needs to be publicly viewable. Yeah. It needs to have an objective scoring system. Yeah. And it needs to require like some kind of physical coordination sure or endurance like it's a test it's a test of physical that's for sport oh i'm gonna uh, say something in a minute you, you finish up but okay. go keep going so i would say that yes there is there there is leeway you know was he holding was he not was he safe was yeah. he not but ultimately like the points that are scored you can point to i get one point every time I touch home plate. Right. I don't get an extra point if I touch it with both feet. Right. I don't get less of a point if I only touch the corner. Right. Um, that would be cool though. Well, <laughs> so and that that is why that's why I would say that theater is more subjective. Okay. Because ultimately, what you're deciding, even even though it's like in the eye of a of a person, you're deciding yes or no. Right. Whereas like those one act score sheets, that's a gray area. That's right. a scale. Like you're putting it somewhere on a scale. Yeah. So that's why I would say it's okay. more subject. I knew the answer to the question. I just you know was trying to ask. So okay. So going back to your definition uh, yeah. of sport, yeah, okay. though. Okay. Uh-huh. Because I you know I have a, a, a huge fan base of gymnasts. I'm just kidding. I don't. But you know, there, there, there's, there's, there's Olymp- a ton of Olympic sports, mm-hmm. right? Uh, figure skating, yep. gymnastics. Yep. Then you have boxing, uh-huh. and it is, it is. You know, you you hear a judge's scorecard in UFC and boxing and all this stuff that says it. Judge one scored it 
78 to 73 and judge two, you know. So would you count those by your definition? Would not fit within. Are, do, are those not, those are sports though, but they're they're not so, by, defini- by your definition. So I have, I have an answer and then I have a question. Okay. Um, uh, boxing, I would say you're still determining hit or not hit. Okay. Okay, yeah. so yeah. they're letting more people and look at it. if you could it. go back to replay, it would be yeah. more... It'd probably be more unanimous. Sure. <laughs> Diving, figure skating, gymnastics, yeah. cheerleading. I would call those competitive art forms. Okay. Now, whenever I As say... As a lifetime gymnast, I'm offended. Yeah. So, well, no, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. So people get up in arms, yeah. right? Yeah. Why is it so bad no, to not yeah, be a sport yeah, yeah, yeah. or not, you know? Yeah. Right. And and it, it is like right. yeah like I had you know every every time I had this discussion with somebody they're like eh, you yeah and because when I say something it's why are you offended form, by that I'm not saying it's easy yeah I'm not saying it doesn't require an insane amount of concentration Skill. yeah 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 coordination I'm just saying that it would be categorized differently based on my thought yeah what do you, and this is this is I'm gonna ask this only for Jay Thomas who uh-huh. I don't know if he's listening or not but. Oh, and Jared Barry a little bit, because he's... But, uh, oh, I used to do that. Sorry, they were signing the uh, manual scoreboard. Um, what about professional wrestling? So there's actually a really amazing article written about professional wrestlers by, uh, I think, Roach. Uh, well, anyway. Good. And it, it, it looks at it as performance, right? And yeah. at this point... I agree. Anything yeah. that you read about, anything that any anybody that knows what they're talking about when they're talking about wrestlers and stuff are talking about them as performers. They're talking about it as but a storyline. Is it the same performance as a gymnast? Is it a no. different type is of performance? Scripted? Well, it is and it isn't. The outcome is scripted. But the so that's that's the that's the similarity of gymnastics is so what you're telling me is that it's long form improv, kind of yeah I mean yeah 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 so I mean yeah, because we, because they they we would, know what buttons we're gonna hit we know how it's gonna end we don't know how exactly we're gonna get there and we're gonna work with each they, other yeah, to do it yeah they do they do what they call call it in the ring they sure call, yeah. you know well the, uh, that's that and that was one of the reasons uh, it's not as common anymore because the referee has so, so much uh, input but. Wrestlers in the 70s and 80s had long hair yeah. because they would literally let the hair get in their face and they would be able to say they to their opponent, stuff, yeah. you know, clothesline, something like that. So that's that was kind of the origin of why do we always have long hair? Yeah. Um, that kind of got thrown out the window with Stone Cold Steve Austin, but uh, <laughs> listen though, man, all that beer foam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, you, you get enough beer foam, you get a little buzz. Um, all right, interesting. So yeah, and so I think, and I think wrestling is really, really Im- impressive. But you know, people people talk about now like the setups for the heel turns and yeah. you know wanting the right kind of heat for There's your a heels. Story, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Certain with that, you know, that, and so that tells me that you are an incredible performer. That tells yeah. me you're an incredible athlete. And, you know, it's like we have to, we have to also acknowledge that 
and this goes to sort of my grander theory that I think sports lives more in the world of theater than a lot of people would want to admit, um, that all of this is for entertainment. Yeah. Like, you know, I, if I play base, if you and I go and play one-on-one -on -one basketball, yeah. like, that is not a sport. Right. Like, that is us, you know, dudes being guys, yeah. like, shooting the hoops or whatever. Um, but if we, but if we join a adult league and like have an audience right. and everything else, like the sanctioning of it is what makes it a sport, right. really. Um, along the same lines, like if you and I go and perform a play for nobody, it's basically rehearsal. Right. Like it doesn't really become theater until there's somebody watching, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And it's the same three elements, right? Right now we're looking at an empty space. We're looking at somebody. You know, we're we're watching the U uh, French Open. Yeah. Djokovic is there, and he's you know he's performing for an audience in a space yeah. where we've agreed that these are the rules. Yeah, yeah. May as well be doing Hamlet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I, I can't argue that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all that said, uh, sorry, I just got a text from a friend that all he does is insult me. Oh, good. Uh, but it, but his goal is to uh, make me you know laugh about it. So anyway, it worked. It worked, Bobby. Those are the best um, kind of friends. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. So yeah, I don't know. No. Yeah. Uh, well, so you know, and and I, you know, everybody I've talked to about one act. So that's the other. Let's flip. We can look at it the other direction. This idea of a competitive art form, in a sense, is like shouldn't we be doing art for its sake? Yeah. Like, why do we have to have it? So then, all right, the, and this is a true argument. The, the reason you and I have jobs, likely, most likely, is because of one act play. Okay. Most likely, because people love competition. There, 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 there are states in this in the in the great forty-eight mm -hmm. that don't have a one act play system mm -hmm. that still have very strong theater programs why so you know that's but I'm not asking you why that's more rhetorical yeah. uh, but that's why you know look I respect the history of one act play I'm a contest manager please hire me if you if you want um, <laughs> but you know like I understand the value of it in this state but it clearly is not the only way to create uh, effective and uh, strong theater programs because it's worked in other places or it's worked to not have those programs in other places uh, so the question is what worked what worked in Georgia what what you know uh, well, Georgia's got one act well but talking to a state champion right now okay but it's not the same formula yeah it's a little different and I know, like, I, I, I don't know if it's Florida. I think it's Florida that they compete at Thespian Festival. Like, they, they do their one-act festival and Thespian Festival at the same time. It may not be Florida, but it, I, I don't remember what state it is. But there are places that don't do exactly what we do, where we commit months of our of our like schooling yeah. to this one process uh, because we must win. We must compete and win. Uh, 
And again, I see the value in it, and I don't want to insult people like a Billy Jergu who knows the whole history. I mean, like, if you said who won state in 1947, Billy would say nobody did because the Russians were, you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, I, but you know, I, I get it. I get the value. But there are states that do thrive in the world of theater that don't have a one-act play system. Yeah. I, I, I guess I should try to interview one of those directors. Sure. Well, I mean, I, so it's kind of, it's kind of a trick, but, you know, before I came here, I was teaching theater at a charter school in New York City. Um, and I was like the only theater teacher. Yeah. Like, I, it was not a program. It right. was my class and then the times that I could get kids to stay after school. Right. But it was important to the school to have a theater program. Kind of cheating because like you're in New York, there's a million guest artists. Sure. You can actually have a really robust theater program just by like, you know, reaching out to your fellow artist friends and like figuring out what what you can get them to come in for. Right. You know, for and stuff. But so I and, and that connects back to the other question, which is, you know, it's it's the 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 other question which is like uh, gourmet five meat and the avocado egg roll. Uh, that's um, which is like thank you. Why um, why do people Parmesan why do people get upset at the, why, why do we, and nobody's gotten upset at us so far, but like, why did we, why did we anticipate people getting upset when I said, oh, maybe gymnastics is instead of being a sport as a competitive art yeah. form? Um, yeah. And I think ultimately it's because like in Texas, it makes sense to me that it works. And anywhere it's a one-act system, it makes sense to me because it, that it works because like it's a very, it's much easier to look at numbers. Right. Like it's much easier to look the at concrete, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? You know, and and as much as I think anybody that loves one, I would also agree. Like the right judge on the right day is is yeah. is a big part of it. Um, you know, you can you can do excellent excellent theater and just miss the bar because like right. you know some you know because somebody looked down at their notes at the wrong time, right. whatever. Yeah. Um, and that's not to say that that's not how it should go, but ultimately, like, competition gets people excited. Well, that's that when I whenever I hear an adjudicator mm -hmm. say, and usually this is an advancing show. Yeah. Man, you guys had me looking up the entire time. I was really intrigued, and you know, I didn't take a lot of notes because I was so intrigued by it. It was like, well, yeah, you should. Like, you're supposed to get trained to not look down. Mm -hmm. Like, you're supposed, you know. I'm not saying everybody has to have a computer in front of them. I get why some people don't want that. You know, even as a, as a lighting person, when you sit at a light board and you have the screen right in front of you, and then you look up, it's like you're not getting the actual image. You know, your eyes have to adjust, literally. And so I understand why some adjudicators like the pen to paper. I actually might prefer it too. I haven't trained yet. But yeah, you're supposed to look up. Like what? Like why are you looking down? If if that were the case, we would just do a radio show. Like one act play should just be some vocal work. If you're just gonna look down and take. Well, you notes. know it is an acting competition. Oh yeah, sure. Tongue in cheek. <laughs> it's not though. <laughs> I mean, like, I love and respect to Tim Monroe. I've I've seen one of his shows. Love and respect to Stewart. But they don't always have the best actors on stage. 
they have maybe the best looking show on stage, Natasha Tolson at Temple. They are, they've had great actors, but they have beautiful shows. They look amazing. And then you go to state and you're like, all these shows look beautiful. One time I saw a show, it was a Lope de Vega show, and it was a bare stage. But the costumes and the props were stellar. There is still an element of design beauty. And I know that there's still a percentage in one act play that lends itself to, it's gotta look good too, but sometimes I feel like that the percentages are flipped. We loved how this looked, and so the 85% that we're supposed to put towards acting, we're gonna to put towards the look of the show, the design of the show, the style of the show, and then the 15%, yeah, you know, your Willie Loman was, he was a pretty good actor. So here, you know, and and we can do hot takes, and I might text you and be like, don't post it tomorrow, but like, so maybe the, maybe the answer is that we need to have nothing but acting coaches looking at the plates. Oh, it's yeah, an yeah, acting yeah. competition. That's hot, that's, I mean, that's not a super hot take, but, um, well, I kind of feel, here's, okay, I'm going to flip that the, the other thing, and I'm oh, sorry, one more thing, it's yeah, like, it, it is the, uh, you know, it is the, the, uh, the acting and the design, but the other thing is like a lot of the play. Like, Lord, when I was in Georgia, I saw a 45-minute version of Les Misérables where nobody died. They just <laughs> this was at state. Like they, they like. I mean, that's the thing. So it was a beautiful show. We can't show. kill Gavroche. Like, huh? He's so cute. Yeah. Well, and so you know, we're just like they. You know, they died off stage. It was like you know, right, maybe, you. maybe it was a huge homage to like Green Tragedy, where we don't actually see, see it. Yeah. Instead of the but like, you know, they hit all the songs, and by the time they had done the songs, shortened versions of them, that was the time. You know. Um. So here's the thing. I think there are acting teachers and acting coaches watching, and that's the problem. They are not trained to look at design and look at those elements of the show and critique them because they are fascinated by smoke and mirrors. And so they look at something that is beautiful. Again, there are directors that figured that out. They look at something that looks gorgeous. Dude, when I was a kid and David Copperfield was telling me what card I chose while I was sitting in my living room and like he's he's you know on the screen he's like you know touch the next card and you're like you he chose you chose a seven of spades and you're like how do you know that there's a formula to it and there's the same thing with one act play there's a formula to it and so there's there's um, there the adjudicators that are out there again IMO stands for in my opinion as the kids say I think there are too many that are that are phenomenal acting and directing coaches or teachers that have very little knowledge of what good or bad design looks like. They just know the smoke and mirrors works for me, man. Like, I thought that was beautiful. Was it, though? Like, I mean, like, because as lighting people, we could probably sit and look at a show and completely critique the hell out of it, even though it looks good. You could still say, like, Josh Hearson at Seven Lakes, one of my closer friends in the in this world. I went and saw one of his shows. I won't name it because I don't want him to know what show it was. And I and I sat there thinking, 
Josh, come on, man. Like, you shouldn't have made that mistake. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? And, uh, and and he knows, I'm sure, if he were to look back on that, oh, I probably should have cleaned that up or cleaned this up. At, not a one-act not a one play show, a musical. And um, so I'm, my point is, is that whatever your specialty is, you can sit there and chew that shit up all day. But if you don't, like, I thought, I was like, wow, his actors are really good. I don't have a huge acting, directing background. Yeah. So I'm not going to sit there and chew it up. Okay. Same goes with sports. Sure. We, 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 the reason, there's a reason the quarterback is the most popular player on the field. Because he gets the ball every time, and we're not watching all four or five wide receivers. We're watching the quarterback and then whoever he gives the ball to. Not yeah. what are the other players doing in order to make that play unfold. Watching the ball in just about any sport is like the, the worst biggest, thing you can the, do. Well, it's not the worst <laughs> thing you can do. I mean, that's you know that's where the action is, but like that is sort of the like your ability to watch a play unfold without watching where the ball is is sort of like the next step. Yeah. So like well, that's why the, I love sitting in the end zone. One of the ways, yeah, because you get the, the, you see the whole the full, thing. full 50. Good, all 22, that's what it is. Um, I like to watch, what I like to do now when I'm watching, and it's hard to do watching it on TV because this camera also follows the ball, but I'll pick a player and I'll watch what they're doing. Okay. Um, it's especially fun when you're watching like linemen on either side. Like if they're countering or if they're pulling or if they're doing a thing or if they're doing a stutter step before they start, it's like that affects the way the rest of the play unfolds yeah. so much and they haven't come close to the ball. You know, but this lineman, you know, he pulled in the other direction and caught this particular defensive end off guard, which meant there was a bigger hole, um, which meant there was a bigger hole, which meant safety right. pulled one direction, you know, that kind of stuff. And so. That is something that I, you know, I'm, I would like. Well, I love Tony Romo, but anyway, uh, continue. Oh, like listening to him? Yeah, oh, oh, oh my brilliant. gosh, he's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's one of these things, too, where I am by no means anything better than, like, an armchair assistant coach, you know. But just, like, reading as much as I have about, about sports and stuff has sort of made me a little bit more interested. Like, I wouldn't even consider myself, like, a journalist about these right. things, but... Uh, but like watching it, you know, it's it's fun and like and it's connected to the same thing. It's like teaching yourself where to look as a spectator versus where to look as a professional. You know. Yeah. Um, so there's you know there's yeah there's something to be said for that you know and it's like I don't know I uh, I don't know what the answer to one act is. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's I'm not sure it is a problem that needs to be solved. It, you know it, it is it is what it is. It is a thing that ultimately like gets a lot of kids excited about theater that wouldn't normally be excited because it's something that you can win because it's a competition yeah. um, because you know I don't know a percentage most theater directors like treat that pretty seriously. Um, I you know I like mused that if ever I was like running a program that I would. Uh, purposefully make like the hardest to watch plays ever for one act just to subject everybody to it. <laughs> like we would just do Hamlet Machine right. every year yeah. until it passed on, you yeah. know? 
and I, I, I refuse to move on from this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, we're gonna do it because you guys need to see it, and then and no, you have to watch yeah. it, you know, because that's the other thing, and it's like, and that's, you know, and that's silly and combative, and so like that's I don't think that's an answer either, but like just trying to figure out, um, just trying, yeah, just trying to figure out like what what the value is, and I right. think the value one act is that. Yes, there are states that have theater programs that don't have a one-act competition, but your ability to say your ability to say that we won something, that we have won these accolades, uh, that helps. Yeah. You know, every city also has, like, from the professional and community standpoint, if it's got a big enough art scene, there's some awards that they give to their yeah. to their community artists, right? And people like that recognition. And this is a really good way to give kids, literally across the state of Texas, like recognition for something that also teaches them empathy, that also teaches them teamwork, that also teaches them trust, that also teaches them how to like depend on each other and how to how to trust each other. I said empathy and teamwork and trust, you know, and also teach them how to express themselves, yeah. you know. And that's, that's a, there's a lot of value in that.